Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that made an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us this morning is Charlene Edwards, Director of Programs and Events at Project Unity. How are you doing, Charlene? I'm great this morning. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me on the show. Oh, yeah, we go way back, so we got to talk about Project Unity. You guys have been doing so many wonderful things in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for so long. Can you talk about how it first started? I think uh, we had Pastor Butler on back in April. And he told a lot about it. But for those who don't know, what is the vision and background of Project Unity? Absolutely. So Project Unity is a nonprofit organization, and our mission and goal um, is to um, foster um, relations between community, um, community with law enforcement, and also community building um, around the North Texas area. Um, Project Unity began um, in 2014 um, in an effort to uh, foster relations and build community um, after the death of Michael Brown. Um, Pastor Butler at the time was pastor at St. Paul um, United Methodist Church. Downtown Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Absolutely historic um, African-American United Methodist Church. And he hosted um, a meeting with several um, community leaders, the sheriff, Dallas Police Department, and others to find out what could we do together um, to help build community um, amongst police, um, African Americans, and other groups. And so um, an effort was built, or an initiative was built, um, uh, and out of that came our Together We programs, which started with our Together We Ball program, which is our Pastors, Police, and Community Basketball event, which you have been a part of for a long time, Chris. Yes, ma'am. Um, have, helping us with that program where we bring the community and law enforcement together for a friendly game of basketball. Uh, and, and with that event, Pastor Butler strongly believes that, you know, if there's one thing that we can come together on in that sport, basketball, football, um, and so we started with that with that program as one of our, our main initiatives. And, you know, it's amazing because Pastor Richie Butler, um, before he became a big-time pastor, he was a big-time cornerback for SMU. So he had a lot of football connections, also a lot of business connections, including with uh, former President George W. Bush, who's he's on one of the executive boards for Project Unity, right? Well, at the time, um, so, so after that, yes, George, President George, former President George Bush um, has been a part of our organization in helping um, to foster those relations. In 2017, 
um, we hosted uh, a year of unity. Mm-hmm. Um, and President uh, Bush uh, was the um, and our honorary chair. Um, for the year of unity. And that year, um, you know, we suffered the loss of our law enforcement officers um, right. downtown. At the parade. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, with that ambush, we um, started the, the year of unity and just hosted a, a year of activities and events centered around unity. Um, that we, you know, garnered a lot of support from the business, nonprofit uh, communities alike, um, and just hosted a, a year-long um uh, initiative um, around unity. Can you talk? Can you talk about? You mentioned that. Can you talk about the growth of Project Unity? Because again, when uh, Pastor Butler first thought about it, and you were in on it from the very beginning, I believe, Charlene. All I can say is it was an idea that started growing and growing. Can you talk about the growth and some of the programs that you guys have initiated? Absolutely. So when we started, it was Pastor Butler. Um, and myself and Doris Edmond as volunteers, right? Um, supporting him, you know, I was working another full-time job um, and doing uh, events for Project Unity out of the passion that I had for the work he was doing in the community. And I will tell you, over the course of the six, seven years, we have truly evolved from a volunteer staff basis to we actually have full-time staff. Um, and we have, you know, support not just from a small intimate group of uh, corporations and nonprofits, but uh, a large number of organizations and, and companies, Fortune 500 companies who support us. And so from a volunteer-based staff to now a full-time uh, staff who support Project Unity and all that we do in the community. It has been exemplary. Can you talk about some of the programs mentioned Together We Ball, which I thought was outstanding because it allowed a lot of people in the community to interact with uh, not only the pastors and the deacons that they know, but also the police officers. And they weren't just police officers driving through in their cars. I thought that was significant. But there have been other things like together we dine, together we, I could go on and on and on, but I want you to. Absolutely. So our programs are all built on the theme of Together We. And it's the vision that together we, we can really do anything. And so some of our programs um, include our Together We Dine program, which we launched in 2017 in partnership with the Dallas Bar Association. That relationship has flourished. Um, And our Together We Dine program is built on the premise of having safe conversations on race and race relations, those conversations that we didn't grow up having. But Mm -hmm. now it is just so essential um, that we have these conversations. And while they are uncomfortable, they do help us discover um, biases and and things that we all have, um, whether we realize them or not. Um, So those uh, dines are held for the community once a month, but we also have them virtually for private companies and and organizations like Toyota, Linux International, um, the Dallas Bar, the State Bar um, Association. These organizations are hosting them privately in support of their diversity, equity, and inclusion um, efforts. Um, We also have our Together We Learn program, which is our program geared toward uh, youth of driving age, and that program helps to educate students on how to act and react to law enforcement and pedestrian and traffic stops. 
we've got great support from companies such as Bank of Texas, um, who is helping to fund um, that program. And not only do we have our Together We programs for community building, we also help to address the needs of the community, that the health and well-being of the community. So we have our Together We test program that we launched last year when COVID um, came into our lives where we tested upwards of 8,000 people for COVID and were helping to, to save lives during that time. But when the vaccine uh, came on the scene, we pivoted. Um, and now we offer vaccines in the community. We are literally every Saturday and sometimes an additional weekday out in the community providing free COVID vaccines to our communities. And, and our efforts are more grassroots in that we take the vaccine to the community. We are in the apartment complex. We are in the housing complexes, um, the Dallas Housing Authority mm-hmm. complexes, giving those vaccines in the community, which which are so very important to us getting back to a safer normal. So, you know, Pastor Bowler often jokes, if it's a Together We program, it's probably a Project Unity program, but but check first. Um, but but definitely we, we are out uh, and about helping to address um, our community needs. What I'm so impressed with, with Together We and Project Unity is I'm not necessarily going to call Pastor Butler a visionary, but literally when I guess it was the summer of 2020, when a lot of changes were going on across the country, social justice and injustice was on a lot of people's minds. Your organization was already having those conversations. Your organization was already reaching out to different groups of people um, in an in a effort to, to allow people to understand each other. And I guess when different businesses and different corporations were reaching out, trying to figure out programs they could have so that all of their their uh, their staff and, and their employees could all come together, you were there already with things in place. Am I wrong about that? You are absolutely right. And so, you know, in 2020, um, we, uh, again, tried to address the question that people were having. You know, after the death of George Floyd, it was the question of what can I do? Right. Um, what can I do as an individual um, to help make change um, within myself? within my community. And so people were coming to us um, with that question. So we developed our Together We Can program. That program is an answer, not the answer, um, for uh, people to take personable action Mm -hmm. um, to to help address what they can do. So our Together We Can program is is a three-step program in which we, one, ask people to wear the wristband, um, so people can purchase our wristbands at 29 Tom Thumb stores in Dallas County, or they can go to our website um, to purchase those wristbands. But that that's the visual piece, that, that you stand up against racism, that you have a voice, and that you're open to having a conversation. So that's the physical piece, right? The second piece of that is our Together We Dine, which is the conversation piece. Let's engage in a conversation about race and race relations and discover our own biases. And then the third piece is our educational piece. That is the piece that once a month we send out um, an email, um, our newsletter for Together We Can, which are actionable things that people can do in an hour, just an hour of your time. You can watch a video, watch a a TED Talk. You can read an excerpt of a passage. You can explore things in our history that, you know, now we perhaps may question. 
Um, and so just those three things alone is something that can start people on their personal journey um, of discovering um, their own biases and, and, and to help move us all along on our journey um, of race and race relations. So Together We Can, um, and that website is togetherwecan.one. Um, so anyone can go, individuals and organizations can go and sign up. We have companies um, and other groups that are signing up to be a part of our Together We Can as part of either their company's DEI initiative or just to help their employees get on their own journeys. Let's go to the Together We Dine part for just a minute because I have, I have had the opportunity to attend a few of those, and they are so much fun because mm-hmm. you got so many people with different backgrounds, and they're sitting around a table, different tables in the building, in the room, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're having conversations about anything and everything, and it's almost, sometimes it's, it's hilarious. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's so much fun, and, and it's like I said, it, it can get deep, but it's also it's just like relaxing too because people can ask things of each other and learn where you're not like in a classroom. It's it's Absolutely. I don't want to say it's like being in a comedy club where a comedian might be touching on truths and you start laughing, but it's there's a sense of wow, we're not that different. Right. Absolutely. The the Together We Dine program um is is unique in that it it, it is all about It is so light. It, yes, it, it's you know people. Some you know when when we have folks on the down, which which we've been uh, virtual due to COVID, mm-hmm. uh, but but we're exploring getting back in person. Um, but when people join, they they're they're a little nervous, um, they're they're a little you know apprehensive, they're scared, they they don't know what to expect. But once they get into um, their breakout rooms uh, because we do them virtually and and they um, are led through those conversations by a facilitator you know when we come back into the general group and have reflection you know people say wow I was nervous I was scared but I'm so glad I was here I w- didn't know what to expect but I'm so glad I came and we often get people who say it was the first time that I felt like I could ask the questions that I've yeah. been wanting to ask. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that I have been able to interact with an African-American male um, or a Hispanic uh, person and really get my answer, you know, questions to my answers or to just hear their story and understand um, how they feel. Uh, it's an opportunity to develop sympathy and empathy um, because you are walking in someone else's shoes um and 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 it's okay so it's it's a unique um of, uh, opportunity to 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 get engaged and uh, meet people from different walks of life we host those um for the community once a month the next one is on october 26 people can register um um, online, if they go to our community calendar to, to to find the link to register, or they can email me at charlene at projectunity.net. But definitely an experience we encourage anyone to be a part of. It is so um, enjoyable. That's the best way I can describe it because, like you said, a lot of people are apprehensive. They think, oh, I got to get in the mood for this, or this mm-hmm. is going to be like going to a class. And it's not that way at all. In fact, I have to give uh, Pastor Butler some credit because he mentioned to me off to the side. Uh, years ago, a, a lot of kids who play sports, boys and girls alike, uh, after school programs, boys and girls alike, if they're in different, uh, if they're of different backgrounds, especially in sports, in the locker room, you just find out about different people mm-hmm. in organic ways. 
and it's fun and, and you learn things, but mm-hmm. it's 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 like you're all you you all are on the same team, but at the same time everybody's different in, in a different way, but they but they're all valuable to the team. And mm-hmm. so those together we dines those opportunities, and I could go on and on. The together we ball, like I said, learning about uh, police officers and th- through the pastors and the mm-hmm. sports teams. I just think it's just an eye-opening thing, and it's an an easy opportunity to learn more about each other. Because when it's all said and done, we're all in this together, and we're that's all in it together. that's why it's Project Unity, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and our Together We Don is not just for adults. Um, we uh, a few months back we hosted a don. We had about seven or eight school districts mm-hmm. participate, and they um, selected um, student leaders and athletes um, and and other students to to come together to be a part of the don. So that students are now having these conversations. They are our future leaders, and students certainly have a different perspective on race and biases than than we adults. Uh, I think students are uh, a little bit more open um, about it and more accepting, and and one of the students on the call just made some comment that was just so eye-opening, and he said, we should all be more curious about each other and open ourselves up to the curiosity so that we can become uh, more acceptable and we can be open to learning. You know, if we all just become more curious, um, you know, I, I think we'll, we would be in a better position um, in a lot. That is, that is, that is a very smart young guy. The, mm-hmm. the thing that's so, so amazing about it, and this is in the corporate world, especially when you're in the corporate world, you're generally competing with worldwide other corporations, mm-hmm. global corporations, right? Mm-hmm. And it is a competitive advantage to be diverse. Mm-hmm. It is a comp- competitive advantage to have all different kinds of ideas, and you play off of those ideas. Whether they say mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron, well, yep. if you have a lot of unique individuals who are all looking have f- towards the same goal, that is the iron sharpening the iron, and that's a competitive a- advantage. It's, it's great for your, your bottom line. And it's also an advantage in your workplace. Absolutely, and 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 I am so happy to see our you know corporations um, take advantage of our resources to help them in that area. I mean, they they are taking diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion to heart. Um, you know, companies like Toyota and, and Haynes and Boone and 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 the Riches <coughs> Group and and WFAA. These are some of our partners and. They are fully engaged um, and committed to helping make a difference in the community, but internally to help uh, create a culture um, mm-hmm. that is more accepting. Um, because when you do that, um, you know, you, you bring on good people, right? All companies want the sure. best cream of the crop, um, but that cream of the crop is not one-sided. That, that cream of the crop is, is diverse. And so they, they, they realize this, and, and so um, they, they, they use our organization and what we offer um, to, to help them in, in those areas. It's absolutely amazing. Again, uh, there's so much more value, and like I said, financially, it's just a great incentive to have a, uh, all kinds of different people if they have the same goals because mm-hmm. different people have different strengths. There might be somebody who's a math whiz. Well, you don't want to not have that person on your staff. You might have just because they're older or maybe they're too young, you think, or you think that maybe because they have an eyesight problem or you think, oh, I don't know if that's too rigorous for them. You don't know until you talk to all of the people 
and then you just let the best people be on your staff. So I, I think what you guys are doing is outstanding. And I know you've got a lot of projects coming up this fall. Can you talk about some of the things? I just saw an email from Project Unity talking about all the different programs going on. You guys are very, very busy this fall. We are extremely busy. Uh, again, we are uh, in the community every Saturday um, with our Together We Vaccinate um, um, a, a, a new program that we are hosting. It's a, it's a uh, listen and learn uh, mini summer series mm-hmm. or fall series uh, with speakers. And in this month on October 21st, um, we'll have a one hour listen and learn with Mr. Dale Long, um, who um, was one of few survivors of the, um, the bombing the Alabama bombing, oh, church bombing. Yeah, yeah. And so Back in the 60s, will, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, in the 60s. And, and he will speak to his experience. Um, those four girls were his friends. And so he's going to talk about that. We'll, we'll have an opportunity to uh, to walk in his shoes. So so we have that event. We have our dine. Um, we have our vaccine events um, all coming up. And, and, and we're booked almost booked through December on our Together We Dines, private dine mm-hmm. um, opportunities um, that, that we have, and, and we have our Together We Can um, that, that is, you know, constantly running every day. Um, so so we're, we're extremely busy, but we are extremely busy doing the good work. Um, and as Pastor Butler says, this is hard work, and it is heart work. Um, it takes a lot of passion and commitment um, to, to do what we do, and we're so glad to have the volunteers that we have um, who are running alongside with us and, and the companies and organizations. And, and look, in 2022, you know, hopefully we can get past or get in a, in a better position with, mm-hmm. with the, the pandemic with the, with the pandemic, so that next year in 2022 um, we can bring back our Together We Ball and, and have a huge knockout event to, to bring all of the pastors and police together. I'm, I'm hoping they're staying in shape. <laughs> and, and said that COVID-15, uh, not, not COVID-19, but the 15 that we've all gained um, and, and bring our uh, Together We Dines, you know, we're, we're hoping um, and have some good things in line um, for uh, community-wide dine events. And so it's a good time for us, um, but we're very cognizant of all that everyone is going through, um, and, and we're here. You've you've done a lot of projects with with students as well, beyond the Together We Ball, and that also featured, you know, high school basketball players and band members, and it was it was it was such a nice event, and I appreciate you guys asking me to host that thing because you had all kinds of civic leaders there as well. But I was totally blown away at the young pastors and the young deacons who were in shape. Now the older pastors were out there pulling hamstrings, <laughs> and you had these young police officers, and they were showing what they could do as well. I, it was just a lot of lot of fun. Um, but I want to bring back to the kids you guys work with a lot, too, because I know you also did some movie premieres, some uh, screenings, some private screenings for some of these kids. Can you talk about some of the events and some of the activities you do for the youth? Absolutely. And so we actually um, premiered Uncle Drew. Yes. Um, yes. And so thanks th- thanks to, to you and your efforts and, and, and some, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, we were able to bring in youth um, from across the area. The to, Studio Movie to, Grill. To, to Studio Movie Grill. Absolutely. And and they viewed that movie. Um, it was free and they got food and and, and that was a great time um, for that. You know, with our Together We Ball event, we, we host um, 
um, an exhibition game prior mm-hmm. to the big game where we bring in high school juniors and seniors to come together and play. These kids don't know each other. They've never played together. But it's a demonstration that, you know, if we all work together, we can surely work toward the same goal, and that's winning. So so we brought kids together from different sides of, you know, the Dallas football. Yeah, they area. had heard of each other because they mm-hmm. all keep up with each other, but they had mm-hmm. never played together. Mm-hmm. And that's what was always – that was so impressive. The, the, like some of the big stars from the different schools, and they were all on the mm-hmm. same team. A different teams on the same team on the same floor. That that was outstanding as well. Absolutely, and and we have Dallas police who coach them. So so the police officers don't yeah. know these students, and so they they get to be coached by you know Dallas police officers, um, you know as part of that. And, and then we bring in the schools to you know the bands like Wilmer Hutchins. We you know would bring mm-hmm. in their band SMU. We would bring in their band. Um, and, and their men's and women's basketball teams. Um, they sure did. They did clinics at halftime, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They, they hosted clinics on the court um, for the students. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for us to, to give back um, in that respect and, and keep our youth in mind because they are our future leaders. Okay, so here's the question I've asked a lot of different people. Back in February when we had the snowmageddon, when the power went out all over Texas, how did that affect Project Unity, because I know everybody has different stories of how they overcame that and, or, or how they had to pivot or how they were able or, or the, the things that shut them down for a while. Could you tell us your story? Because these are something that a lot of people can relate to. Absolutely. So much like everyone else, our programming is virtual. Mm-hmm. And during um, the power outage, you know, power outage, we'll call it. Um, we had several dines scheduled to uh, take place, private dines for um, some of our corporate partners. Um, and, and, and because, you know, we were shut down, we, we of course, had to reschedule those dines. It, it was a mad dash to, 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 to reschedule them, to, mm-hmm. you know, juggle, you know, juggle people's personal schedules with our facilitators who are volunteers. You know, they've set time in their day to be a part of a dine during their lunch, and then we've had to, to shuffle things around. So it was a mad dash to, um, you know, get these dines moved around. But, but we were, we, we made it. We were successful. Um, you know, our corporate partners um, who, you know, also lost power, who had employees working at home who were joining. Um, you know, we were all able to work together um, to, to reschedule. So it was an interesting time. Okay, um, so let's so- tell us how you did personally, because a lot of people had various degrees of difficulty. Some had severe difficulties during that mm-hmm. week, and then others, they were fortunate because they were either located near a hospital or, mm-hmm. you know, they knew some friends that they could stay with. Could you tell us your story? Our story is that, you know, we... No, were, not we, Charlene, your story. No, well, we, my family. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> family. Okay. We were in and out of power, um, you know, losing power like everyone else. And I ended up uh, actually starting to track when our power, our power gaps, I'll call them. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had power at 10, we lost power at 12, we were out of power for two or three hours, power came back on two or three hours later. So I started tracking 
um, you know, our, our power gaps when we, we, when we would have power. And then I began to strategize, okay, what can we do when we get power back? Okay, everyone, <laughs> yeah. charge your phones. Okay, I'll, I'll cook a quick hot meal that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. could stay warm or, or at least we could eat, you know, if it was cold. Um, you know, we, we, you know, run the dogs out and let them stay out for a little bit. And then when, you know, the, the power, you know, uh, you know, depending on the situation, we bring them back in. I mean, we were, you know, searching for wood like everyone else. We had never, we've been our, in our home 20 years, had never used our fireplace. Oh, my goodness. That until that, the, that week, the, right? Until that week. Oh, my. <laughs> and so my husband was under the gun to figure out how to get that, um, you know, how to utilize our fireplace. And so um, it was an interesting time, but you know, we we bonded as a family. We 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 tried to make the best of it, um, you know. But to to when we had power, and it was like, okay, ready, set, go, and everybody was charging their phones and <laughs> you know trying to catch up on news and information. Um, but we survived. We certainly don't want that to happen again. But you know, if it does, we we know how to manage this. You know, next time around. That's exactly right. A lot of people like I said, have stories to tell about that one week. And again, Uh I I bring up that story or I bring up that because it is a common thing. Uh A lot of people in Texas went through some of the similar things. And that's what I love about the together. We and Uh the project unity projects that you guys do, because it shows the commonality. Uh We may all be different in different degrees, but we have a lot in common. Can you tell everybody again how they can get in touch with Project Unity or if they wanted to get involved as a partner or even a volunteer and what those steps might be? Absolutely. Take your time. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us. um, Our website is projectunity.net. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-U-N-I-T-Y dot net. Um, you can find out about our programs. You can catch our our calendar, which we keep updated. Find the latest and greatest on events. Register for a dime. Um, or if you're interested in signing up or learning more about Together We Can, you can visit togetherwecan.one um, for more information there. Or if you just want to reach out to me directly about volunteer opportunities, how your company or organization can provide volunteers to help us canvas in the community for our vaccine events, you can simply reach me at charlene at projectunity.net. That's C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E at projectunity.net. Charlene, it's always a pleasure visiting with you, and I hope to see you again real soon. And as the pandemic slows down, I think there'll be more opportunities to have a lot of face-to-face time and a lot of things we can do uh, with the dine and with the ball. And, you know, if, when the ball comes, I'm ready for that as well. I know you are. You and the Dallas Mavericks as well, who's one of our, our fast and favorite friends and, and sponsors and, and hosts of our Together We Ball. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a pleasure. And now joining us is Florencio Valasco Fortner. How are you doing, Valencia? I'm doing great. Thank you. And you are part of the Concilio, and the Concilio has been doing wonderful things, bridging longstanding gaps and inequities for Latinos here in Dallas-Fort Worth, right? Yes, for 40 years. So tell us all about the Concilio for those who are not familiar with this organization, because you guys are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So we have been serving the North Texas community since 1981, and our purpose has basically stayed the same which is to build stronger communities by helping and supporting 
Latino families, and we have been bridging the gaps in services for for decades, trying to ensure that our communities, our Latino families, have a better quality of life. Exactly, and you've got it's got so many different things going on this fall. Can you talk about? I mean, can you talk about some of the things that you're doing right there in the community? Because a lot of people don't know you're such a great organization, but not a lot of people have heard about you. And I want you to have this platform to share all the stuff that you got going on. Yes. Thank you. So, yes, we 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 are a well-kept secret, which we don't want to be a secret anymore. Right. We we have been helping um, families, Latino community and other and other vulnerable populations in the area of education, health, and also uh, financial literacy. We are our main services directly with families have to do with parental engagement. We believe that one of the best investments we can make so that our children succeed and thrive is in investing and partnering with the parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have amazing outcomes with our education programs of children not just graduating from high school but going on to college and succeeding we also have uh, conducted a study that showed statistically significant improvement in attendance and reduction in tardies then also in the area of health we work with families with parents so that they can create an environment at home that uh, prevents obesity and there is a statistic that uh, really was stunning that 49% of Latino children in Texas are overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And as you know, children that are overweight or obese grow up to be obese adults, and that drains our healthcare system. And so part of what we're trying to do is help families be uh, healthier and yeah. um, help them achieve their dreams. Now, Casilio has reached and served more than 250,000 individuals since 1981. And I understand you guys were also a, a part of and were instrumental in establishing the La, La Alizania. Help me pronounce it. The La Alliance. Alianza? Yes, yes. For the, DFW. The, the DFW Alliance, yes. Yes. So one of the things that we, 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 we now have direct services for the community, but we were started in 1981 as the Dallas Concilio of Hispanic Service Organizations. And mm-hmm. our purpose was to help others, other organizations, other nonprofits, learn how to serve this population in a culturally sensitive way. And so we have had uh, coalitions, collaborations. We've been doing collective impact since before collective impact was was a thing and as popular as it is now. Mm-hmm. And we pulled together Uh, Latino organizations and non-Latino organizations to be able to figure out how can we solve, how can we address this issue that is impacting our community. And during COVID, we had several uh, Latino executives connect and reach out to us. We were, you know, like the rest of the world, we were, we were, we were at a loss and our families were not getting correct information and there wasn't appropriate, uh, not just translation, but cultural appropriate information to our families. So we pulled together this this group, this task force for, for on COVID to try to see what can we do to support each other, but more importantly, strengthen the families in, in North Texas. And that started off with about eight 
organizations, and then we partnered with the city of Dallas, and mm-hmm. we ultimately grew to, uh, we, we've had over 70 organizations participate where we have information and are actively trying to figure out how can we improve the quality of life for Latinos during COVID and then how to recover after COVID because the consequences of COVID have, Latinos have been disproportionately impacted by COVID. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, those consequences will stay with us for years in 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 education and in health. Especially in, in health, because, again, a lot of families in the brown and black communities, uh, they live together. You know, have uh, it's more than just, you know, husband, wife and kids. It's usually some family members like the, the mother-in-law, the father-in-law or, or even uncles and cousins. A lot of people are staying in households and that's what makes it hard uh, you know, when you're trying to stay safe or, or social distance or, or trying to be uh, have a, a negative test. So I understand that you guys have been working to try to get more and more people vaccinated as well. Yes, we partnered with uh, the county and a couple of other national organizations to be able to raise awareness about the vaccine. Uh, you know, I I'm sure you you know that the data for Latinos are two times more likely to become infected with COVID, three times more likely to be hospitalized, and 2.3 times more likely to die of COVID here in the U.S. And a lot of it is because of misinformation, because of fear. And so what we were hired to do is to go out and raise awareness and give our community and, and our, 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 our families the opportunity to ask questions uh, dismantle some of the myths that are out there about the vaccine mm-hmm. and then to help them if, if they're ready to take the vaccine, remove the barriers for uh, for them to get vaccinated. And we're working with uh, health promoter, health promoters called promotoras yeah. where it's people from that community that are helping and telling their neighbor listen, this is why you should do it. Here are the facts. And we are going door to door. We are going to bazaars. Uh, We are going to stores, laundromats, churches. Everywhere where our community is, we are basically in the front lines, getting in, in front of them so that we can have a conversation and get them to a point where, they no longer fear getting the vaccine. We're talking with Florencia Velasco Fortier with the Concilio, and she's talking about all the different work they've been doing with families in the Latino community here in Dallas. And, and can you talk some more about how the families can reach you? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know about the Concilio, but how can families reach you? I mean, do you do you have things in community centers, restaurants? How do people find you? So, Call us, 214-818-0481. Visit us on our website. Send us our, our send us an email. Uh, our website is www.theconcilio.org. And we will help you. Another service that we're providing as a result of COVID is we are providing um, services for uh, uh, families that are in crisis. And we are trying to prevent families from being homeless. Again, a partnership with the with the County of Dallas mm-hmm. and national partners, we are able to help families with rent. We are able to help families with, with bills and we're all with uh, utility bills. And we're also 
uh, able to help families with food. We do not want families to go hungry. And we, we have had conversations with families where they've gone days without water, without electricity, because they just don't have the money to pay for it. And we want to make sure that if anyone, whether they're Latino or not, if they're in this situation, call us. We are here to help you. And, you know, you mentioned the food. There's a lot of people that don't know. So many people are not getting fed that they're just quiet about it. And it's in all kinds of communities. It can be even in the upper middle class communities as well. Mm -hmm. People are quietly. It's kind of like the big secret in America you know, people are hungry and they're afraid to ask for some help. Have you, have you, are there some stories that you could tell us about how you've been able to reach some people who may not have been, or maybe they're just too proud, their family, they just didn't want to mention that, you know, they're, they haven't eaten in a day or two. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I was actually at the office when we were, I was signing the checks and we were about to distribute them. And so as soon as I signed them, we called the families to say, Hey, your the checks for your, for, for your, uh, Rental assistants are, are, are in, come pick them up. And so we, we had a line of several parents collecting their checks. I went over there to help, and I gave the woman um, the, the check for written out to her apartment, to, to her landlord. And her son, when he saw me giving her the check, he, as he was walking out, he said, Mom, does that mean we can have water now? Oh, wow. And I said, wow. and I said, uh, oh, I, we have bottled water. Would you like some, sweetie? And the mom sort of grabbed him and said, you know, be quiet. And I said, no, no, it's okay. What's going on? And that's how I found out that they had not had their their water bill paid. They hadn't had water for a few days. And also, I, I asked the, the little boy, when was the last time you ate? And he says, well, I haven't. We haven't had anything since breakfast. And were were they were basically they were basically living off of beans for the last week beans and tortillas that's oh all my. they had had and they were down to two meals a day and we you know we we, we have um right now we have the resources because a lot of these families are falling through the cracks yeah. a lot of these families are too proud and they you know we we've had other instances where families just don't pay the the bills because they want to pay the rent so that they're not homeless. Mm -hmm. And there are other families that are just struggling to figure out how do we get through this and we want to be here for them. And you are, and you have been since 1981. And you also, like you said, provide educational opportunities, not just the food, but also educational opportunities for the kids. Can you talk about uh, the programs again a little bit more in detail about how, you know, let's say there's some kids who need some after-school programs, like uh, maybe they need some uh, tutors. Can you talk about how you guys have been able to uh, help raise the educational level, level of some of the kids in the community? Yes, we we are we have been in the education space since 2002, and we have programs for parents that have children in pre, you know, in, in, from the point they're born to the point they graduate from high school. And we also have programs directly with students, but all of our programs are aimed at helping reach the the American dream, helping them reach their dreams. There was a study mm-hmm. done by the Pew Foundation years ago that said that for Latinos, their version of the American dream was getting a college education. 
So in, in our education programs, it's all about how do we get our kids to think about college, go to college, and graduate with a degree so that they can become productive members of our community. And we have programs directly for students where we teach them life skills, also connect them to mentors uh, in, the, in the areas of STEM, and we have programs at the high school level for, for students. And the parent programs that we have are basically aimed to help empower that parent to be the leader in that home. And mm-hmm. it sounds really basic, but when you think about the fact that the majority of the families that we work with have immigrated here from a different country, their perspective on the, in, in their role and their responsibility in, in the education journey of their children is very different than what we have here in the United States. Right. And it creates a lot of conflict because the educators think, oh, parents, Latino parents just don't care because they don't come. But for Latino parents, their expectation is I'm going to have my, I'm going to drop off my child at school ready to learn. And they don't, they, they, they don't recognize that, you know, in their country, if, if they came and talked to a teacher, why isn't my child reading at grade level? What are you doing to get my child at, at, um, to read at grade level? Mm-hmm. That would be an insult in many of our Latin American countries. You know what? Here, no one ever thinks about it like that. Wow. That they they want their kids already smart before they even hit the school door. That's that's unusual and nobody ever thinks about that. Yes, and what we want is we want to make sure that we give the parents the resources, the information, the knowledge that they need so that they can be engaged. Sure. And, and they and can and they can understand that their kids are going to go to school to learn even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and research shows that the number one indicator for student success is parental engagement and the expectation that parents put on their children. You know that that's 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 really, really interesting information because you know some people they have high expectation for the kids. In fact, a lot of parents do. They want their kids to go to college. They want them to be better than they are. They want them to to be generational. I'm talking about in all kinds of communities, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Asian. Everybody wants their kids to do better than them. And I think the burden in the Latino community, like you said, is the parents want the same things. But at the same time, you have to explain to these parents what it was, what's it going to take because they may not know what it takes to get that same thing that they want out of their kids. Am I wrong? No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And, and and that's that's one of the reasons why I believe our parental engagement programs have been so successful. There you because go. Because we are able to help parents integrate. And I use the word integrate. Uh, a while ago, we used to say assimilate. Mm-hmm. And as, as as you know, when you assimilate, you you ignore or forget about your your culture and there's so much beauty in in the culture sure, that and the differences this country yes, yes so we want to make sure that we 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 acculturate we help integrate so that you keep the best and the beauty of, of the culture that you're bringing wherever you're coming from and then also are able to figure out how can i integrate into this new community into this new um, neighborhood this new school this new environment that I'm in so that my child 
can succeed. And and tell me, Florencia, have you had a lot of challenges or have you had a lot of successes? Because I know it probably depends on the year or the time of the year or the different parts of town. But can you talk about uh, the ratios of your successes versus some of the more difficult challenges? I think overall we have been very successful uh, as the rest of the world experienced challenges during COVID. We, you know, most of our sessions are in person. Mm-hmm. And after COVID, we had to go virtual and um, let the Latino community, uh, many in the Latino community have serious challenges with technology. Correct. And for example, even if, if the school districts provided hotspots for, for families, it was usually just one hotspot. And if and, and you mentioned earlier that there's multi-generations living in one household in the Latino community, and uh, most of them, you know, have um, more than just one child in school. And so if you have two, three people with one hotspot, that's not enough. And so we, all, and then also many, many of, of, of our of our of our parents of all colors in, in, in including some of our professionals mm-hmm. we we had never heard of zoom or google meet sure. or microsoft teams so we right. had to all learn it and so that became a challenge that we were able to overcome helping and teaching our families to be able to access technology so that they could be able to survive and and i know that Based on the latest uh, data that just came out on uh, it, about a student performance in in the standardized test, uh, Latinos Latino children took several steps back uh, because of COVID, and I think a lot of that had had to do with the technology, the challenges. Yeah, the challenges. Absolutely. You know what and, I found out, Valencia. I mean, uh, Florencia. I found out from talking to so many different groups and school board people and ISD officials, that was the biggest challenge for educators uh, when they were doing the virtual learning to see if the, the students, no matter what the background, were paying attention, if they weren't distracted by things in the household, if they didn't lose them because of a bad Wi-Fi situation and they thought they were there all along. And those challenges made it hard for all the different communities, but I especially can imagine for the Latino community to try to help educate the kids in 2020, 2021. I mean, that I, I give major credit to the educators for trying to get through this and, and engaging these students because it's got to be the I, toughest thing. I completely agree with you. Here, here's a story of a parent, a dad that called us in desperation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. He called us because he received a letter from his son's school that the child had over 25 absences and the school year had, it was it was around october uh, or november of mm-hmm. last year so the school year had just started so he says wait what do you mean 25 absences every before i go to work i see him in the computer so he's he's there well we did some digging into it and it turned out that the you know he did try the first two three days but he got the wrong zoom link or for whatever reason, and then he would, he just started gaming. Oh, my. And so <laughs> he was Oh, my. You know what? That is really, so crazy, and, but I can believe that. 
Yeah, and so the mom would look at him. He's like, oh, he's really engaged because he was, you know, he was gay. He's playing he Fortnite. <laughs> he, I, yeah, I don't know what the boy was playing, but he was playing something. And so we were able then to work with the mom and tell her, okay, this is let's have a checklist and then also and figure out how you can ensure that your child is actually in, you know, in, in at least listening. To yeah. What you said, it, focus is. It's critical, and I, I don't know about you, but for me as an adult, I can't do more than two hours in in a, more than more than two hour Zoom meeting because then I just sure I, I start to gloss over. So I can't imagine what our children and, like you said, our educators have had to do with um, with yeah, trying to get these model. kids yeah, trying to keep the kids focused and paying attention. And I mean, you have to be really, really creative. So I can. I can just imagine, oh, I could just imagine what this, the pair of 25 absences or tardies. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it, that, that's, that's a, a pretty radical story, but I think it's, it's, it, it, it happens. Too many a places. Lot more than, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and that's why we're, we're kind of fortunate that quite a few schools, we're, we're bringing the kids back, you know, hopefully socially distant, but bringing them back so that they can learn because it's better to, it's, it's more easier to learn when you're focused in a classroom, a classroom setting. So I know you, 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 you're talking about, you know, the programs for the parents and programs for the students. Were there any things that you had to do to help the educators? The, the we do. Yeah, we, we do. We do have a cultural competency training for educators. Oh, good. Where we talk to um, uh, educators on how they can better understand this community and ideas and ways that they can engage the parents and the children. Excellent. I mean, those are the things that you need. Now you guys have got so many different things going on. I, I shouldn't say so many, but you have, you have a lot of, a lot of skill sets there where you can help so many people with the concilio. You personally, when you first got involved what was your main area of interest? And tell me how that's grown over the years, because you're such a fascinating person. I'm giving <laughs> you your you. props. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. So what fascinated me about the Concilio when I joined in 2005 was their parental engagement model. My first job after, I, I, after college was working with gangs in Los Angeles in the mid nineties. Wow. The and, Bloods and, and the Crips I, and all those different groups. <laughs> yeah, that that was a fascinating job. I can imagine. But back then I I learned that the the children are, are you I hear an echo. Do you do you hear me now? Yeah you're fine. Go right ahead. Okay. Okay. So I learned in, in that first job that the only children that made it out of that of the gang lifestyle were those whose parents were involved, those whose parents were able to make the necessary sacrifices mm-hmm. for them to leave that lifestyle. And then I, years after that, I came to da- I moved to Dallas, and I worked for a program for the Dallas County Community College District and a couple of other um, nonprofits working directly with students. And I learned there, too, that the students who were most likely to succeed were those whose parents were involved. And so when I came to the organization, 
I was fascinated by the fact that they had an actual built-in model to engage parents, and I loved it. And I was we were able to grow that because we were able to expand beyond the the, the Dallas Independent School District. Because at that point, we were just in two schools mm-hmm. uh, with DISD, and now we're all over North Texas, and we implement over forty. Uh, parental engagement programs a year. And, and and my passion for the Concilio has evolved because I think where we are right now and, and, and as we're laying the foundation for the next 40 years, I am, am really passionate about the equity piece, about ensuring yeah. that we as a community em- embrace all. And, 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 and I think we can embrace all not at the expense of another. I think we have an opportunity to model how to think about the interest of the Latino population alongside the interest of the Asian American, the African American um, population, so that we can, here in North Texas, build a model of how we can actually lift all of us. Yes. And... I'm excited about the work that we're doing at the Concilio around bringing equity and opportunity for, for all families. Oh, that's, that's so outstanding because, like I said, you're talking about more than just education and wellness, which is the health piece. You're talking about equity and the economic opportunity. You're talking about how, you know, a lot of different communities – Across America, that's, that's the melting pot. It's the American dream is to have equity in what you do, not just work for people. You want to be able to own businesses. You want to be able to be part of the landscape of the future. Right. And I think what you're, you're talking about is so amazing. And you mentioned again, this is the 40th anniversary. Can you mention again before we leave uh, some of the different things that are going on uh, with the Concilio celebrating the 40th year because you guys have been so outstanding working with the DISD and all the different parents and parental groups and, and all the different, you know, healthcare organizations over the last 40 years. So this past Saturday, we just officially launched our formal 40th year celebration. And we launched it with a project with 40 of our families from all of our programs in crisis intervention and parental engagement in in the health space in the cultural competency space with 40 of our families representing every year that we've been in existence is um, gonna we're gonna have a portrait mural uh, each of the families is going to take a pure uh, a portrait oh nice and then also we're going to do an art project where every family that's there is going to draw a piece of this of this art that then we're going to be able to share with each of the families and uh, use it in, in, in our annual fundraiser that we're having um, in, in the early spring. But what we wanted to do was, beginning in this 40th year, really honor the families that we have worked with and the Mm -hmm. families that are in need. And we want to make this be a representation of the importance of treating every family with dignity and respect. And as a a, a full human being that even though they, they may be in crisis, they, they, they may be about to go homeless. They have assets, they have value. 
And this is a celebration that we want to ensure that we carry forward, um, you know, this next year, you know, and hopefully build the foundation for the next 40 years that in this fall we we will continue to have over 40 programs in the parental engagement space, programs in the health and wellness space, and we are going to continue to help families that are in crisis. And you've done it so well. I can see another 40 years. Can you tell how people can, you mentioned a phone number earlier, how people, is there a website, how people can engage with you, whether it's parents, whether it's volunteers, whether it's partners, anyone that would like to get involved with the Concilio? Yes. So visit visit us on Facebook. Visit uh, visit our website, www.theconcilio.org. And reach out to us, send us a message, and we will help you. And again, our our focus has been the Latino community, but we help all families. So anybody mm-hmm. who needs any of your listeners that know someone or they themselves need support, we help everybody. Florencia, it's been a pleasure. We must have you back on again real soon. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. For sure. And thanks for listening to Better Living, everyone. I'm Chris Arnold. Be sure to tune in next week as we highlight other organizations and events happening right here in DFW. So long, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.